Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Diversify Ventures Speaker Series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Malcolm Woodbury, currently a rising junior at the University of Maryland and currently also doing an externship at AT&T this summer. Malcolm has had extensive experience in leadership and diversity with programs like the Prudentials Basecamp Program, Vanguard Sophomore Experiential Program, JPM Advancing Black Leaders, and many more. Malcolm, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the introduction. And then my pleasure um, as always. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, your undergraduate path um, and your journey to where you are now. You know, I, I admire your grit. Um, you know, you didn't, you didn't um, start off at University of Maryland. Um, there was kind of like a little bit of a path that you took there. So I wanted to learn more about, you know, what you saw in University of Maryland as your end goal um, and how it, it's been like the best way to tailor your career path and kind of what, what you did to get to where you are. Yeah, um, just a, I guess a summary of my background. So I uh, graduated from a science and tech high school and coming out of the high school, I initially thought I was going to go out of state, but um, due to circumstances and just having to um, come to terms that I needed to be able to fund my education um, for a large amount, I just uh, started to, decided to do my uh, education at a community college first. So at my community college, I took advantage of um, almost every opportunity and uh, leadership position that was available. Staying on campus from <laughs> from nine to nine, honestly, um, and it's a community college where you don't have a dorm or anywhere. Um, you know, just assuming roles such as like a mentor, student assistant, uh, program chairman of a club of 300 students. Um, just through those, uh, you know, extracurriculars and in-class um, activities just uh, built on my repertoire and uh, I guess experiences and uh, just developing more as a leader every day. Um, that's where I kind of got introduced to MLT um, through just networking with upperclassmen that transferred to the University of Maryland um, and the various other colleges that uh, my friends were at. Um, from MLT, uh, definitely just grew, just, accelerating my growth, um, you know, just being surrounded by like-minded individuals who are just as hungry as me for opportunities. Uh, man, <laughs> it really just made me step up my game and here we are today. Yeah, yeah, so that kind of brings me to my next question is, um, you know, you and I are both part of MLT, which is, you know, an amazing national diversity program for underrepresented minorities to, you know, propel their career path in all types of careers. Um, I. So you told me that you kind of learned a little bit more from some alumni at University of Maryland about their involvement in the program. So I wanted to know maybe if you could touch upon, you know, your experience within it. Um, how has it kind of molded your career path and, um, you know, what you can tell about people interested about it? Yeah, for sure. Anyone who's interested in an MLT or any, um, I guess, development group, I uh, would encourage you to apply and try to get involved or affiliated with one. MLT in particular is really special because it kind of caters to a lot of different majors. So um, you can kind of go and craft your own career plan and you have a coach that kind of guides you and helps you uh, get to where you want to go. Um, my personal experience was uh, really, you know, perspective changing, honestly. So you know, they develop you and like kind of uh, expose you to different mindsets, growth mindset um, versus, you know, fixed mindset. And personally, I took that um, that learning experience 
and just you know when they present to you applications or how to get better in interviews or even tips i really take full advantage of the newsletters any um information that my coach tells me and i definitely just act on it um immediately and i also learn how to really utilize my network um more whether that's asking for introductions from other people or just connecting from or just being confident to connect with other people in person or on linkedin yeah i think that that was kind of like the biggest thing for me is you know you get a lot of like that classroom learning on campus and everything but i think like those extra things those extra business skills you know going out and networking getting introduced to a lot of these people you don't really get that um unless you're part of something else so i think mlt has been a great thing about that um i want to ask you a little bit about maybe how did you start those relationships with like um you know with those university of maryland alums and you know any other kind of mentors that have helped you along the way um you know starting that dialogue and initiating those relationships i think is a big part um of of especially a minority trying to break in is, is really a difficult thing i think that guidance is really important yeah for sure um you know it was a little different for each mentor but you know some of the common trends that i've been doing to kind of get affiliated with my current mentors are you know if i was in a club or a role i was always participating always vocal giving my opinion um you know or i'll just create a space where other people could give their opinions and um you know make them feel comfortable and i believe um you know just doing acts like that made uh i guess older individuals you know bring me to the side and say, hey, you're doing great, or what's your name? Or sometimes the conversation will start with them trying to um, talk to me because they see what I'm doing, how I'm moving, how I'm interacting. And then when it came to me interacting and reaching out for the ask, um, it would usually just be from like a follow-up of an event or we're affiliated some common link. Um, we're both alumni from here or uh, we both went to this program, we both went to this event, and, you know, just having some time, um, an intentional conversation on, you know, anything that we can relate with, that's kind of where I just go to strike a conversation. The worst thing they could say is no, or not reply, and then right. you just got to know how to keep it going, um, stay motivated, motivate yourself, and keep it pushing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, in terms of your career path, um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what are your goals? What is the career path you're kind of following? Um, and how is it molded? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that it hasn't been stagnant from what you began, you know, and as you kind of, especially like going through MLT, you kind of understand a little bit more about different paths and, and uh, jobs, and it might have changed throughout there. So if you could talk a little bit about that, that kind of journey. Yeah. So um, again, starting out of community college, I, um, I was, one of the earlier, um, I guess, we'll call it the obstacles that I faced was, you know, uh, not all majors are, you know, get provided at a community college. So I had to be crafty in how I uh, structured what classes I was taking and what programs I was being affiliated with. Um, so I always had my major in mind and my passions in mind, but I didn't know career roles um, or, you know, the roles. I just knew my strong suits, what I didn't like, what I didn't um, did like, um, from you know my experiences in involvements and in extracurriculars. Um, just learning your passions first to kind of guide you um, is kind of how I did it. So I'm an information systems major, 
Um, and now I recently took on a double major of supply chain. And my minor has always been entrepreneurship technology. Um, thank you, thanks to um, my involvement in this cohort program, that's three years. So um, within MLT, they've helped me craft and kind of like uh, shift down to, you know, some position roles that I could potentially go into after my four year, um, such as network operations, using my interest in technology and business, um, and my passion for, uh, you know, advising others. Um, I also developed the interest in consulting, tech consulting. So roles like network operations and tech consulting, they still pull on my passions and strong suits. Um, and I could see myself in that role. Um, and another passion was being client facing, whether that's me, you know, directly talking to the client or indirectly helping them. Um, you know, just knowing your passions and your strong suits and uh, to, I'll use those to navigate, you know, the position that I want overall. Right. And, and you kind of see that with the, uh, the programs that you're involved with. And that was kind of one of the things I wanted to touch upon was I think one of the most exciting parts of being part of like MLT and all these kind of diversity programs is all that exposure you get to all of these partner organizations that put together these, um, these diversity uh, experiences. Um, so, you know, you, you were involved in Prudentials and Vanguard. So if you could talk about, you know, what those experiences were like, what you took away from them and how did they kind of, um, how they kind of, gave a lot to the overall picture of your career yeah they definitely influenced and shaped um what i like and dislike um really more clarifying summer where i'm more clear you know the industries and roles that i'm um, interested in so yeah when the pandemic hit actually i um i wanted to keep busy because i knew you know everything was going to be virtual people were going to be inside the house not really utilizing their time the most that they could use it so, you know, the grind to apply for these externships became real. Um, you know, I was, I'm a business major, my associate's is business administration. So when Credit Suisse and Vanguard posted their application, um, knowing that, you know, they're well-rounded, well-recognized um, globally, I wanted to get involved so I could learn about the various roles that they provide. And if I'm even um, in the roles that I think I'm interested in, am I really interested in them? So, you know, in my experience with Vanguard, the North Star program, I had the opportunity to be exposed to, you know, coming in, I thought, oh, they're only going to have two rows, accounting <laughs> or right. fixed income. Um, but, you know, opening up my mind that a bank could have a technology um, division or um, they could have a consulting division. Um, same thing with Credit Suisse. I was still being um, educated, immersed in the culture, learning um, about the various programs they offered. But um, having that, uh, you know, perspective change of what they offer um, really came to a surprise that I could work in this type of industry and still have my role. That's what I would say I got out of those two experiences in particular. Wow. Yeah. And I think you, you'd be a great person to talk about this because of your extensive um, experiences with these different firms and all these uh, programs is... You know, you, you see a lot of these um, different firms have diversity initiatives, whether it be through these kind of pr programs or, you know, for example, JP Morgan has their own um, internal um, recruiting initiatives like the Advancing Black Pathways or Launching Leaders. So how, what are the kind of the things you've seen in all of your experiences this past season um, 
of how firms are kind of making these progresses. And then at the same time, what are kind of those shortcomings you've also seen um, that you think should be addressed? I know that we talk a lot about this in the MLT group chat. You know, um, I'll keep them unnamed about some of the firms that kind of say that they do these things, but they really don't have that um, those values. So what are those kind of both of those things that you've, that you've seen and um, should be addressed? Yeah. Um, so, you know, great question. Come against it like any program or just you know any application before you even get to the program always look at the history the track record of that organization um and their stance you know the trends of those stance how recent how often how frequent um and you know even in this climate with dni being uh i guess in a kind of a magnifying glass where it's, right. everyone's really realizing how important it is when it's been important forever um you know you really want to um be intentional in your search for these companies that mm. they're really acting on what they're saying and that it's not just lift service. So what I've seen was, um, you know, I've seen well thought out structured action plans and deadlines of each initiative, such as, um, you know, by 2030, we'll have 50%, you know, diversity in X, Y, and Z or our C-class um, involvement of the company will be more diverse by next year or in two years. Making bold initiatives like that with a deadline is really important. And, um, you know, just slapping, you know, a person of diverse, like, look on their website is not enough. Right. And um, that's what um, we've kind of been fooled to in a way in past years. And um, now we really want to see action. I mean, words with action um, right. being put behind it, a face behind the initiatives, you know, um, who's in charge of this? Who can I hold accountable for this? X, Y, Z. I'm also seeing um, companies tie in, um, you know, uh, employees' money into these efforts. So if they're not trying to actively uh, pursue uh, DNI um, initiatives, you know, it could kind of affect their pay or their raise or you know promotion. Honestly, if they're not involved in um, some type of effort within a company. So seeing actions like that, creative actions like that is what um you know you can really tell and differentiate the companies that are really actively uh you know have our intentions right i i completely agree um i think you summed it up really well and i i you kind of said how um looking into these things have really kind of played a part into it before you really apply so i wanted to know if um if you know being a diverse um being a person of diverse background or just you know diversity in general like uh, has it had um an impact on the decisions you've made in your career and how has it kind of molded it um any more than you've, you've already kind of mentioned yeah so two things i guess one side is um you know this is balance of you know uh being the you know the trailblazer you know first person that looks like you in this company that doesn't look like you and maybe <laughs> paving the way for next people and then yeah. it's like um you know that company is completely not ready for diversity let's not even you know entertain going into them so you know <laughs> it's like um with that balance over there is like you know some of these companies that you know they're used to c-class or even mid-level uh employees looking one way um, you know, it's kind of like the time to, you know, you know, uh, not raid, but like just come in and in large numbers and represent and pave the way for the next person. Um, 
showing that, oh, a person that looks like me could do X, Y, Z, or even better than um, the, the previous employee that they used to hire. And then another uh, balance or, you know, responsibility on this side is, um, I guess, once you, you know, once you're a part of the company, how involved are you? Um, are you in, um, what are those, resource groups, employee resource groups? Or um, the affinity you know, networks, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, they sometimes, you know, companies may look at you and kind of like put the responsibility for you to be in that resource group because you look like this. Um, and I can't tell you to do it because you look like this, but, right. you know, sometimes it's up to, it's a balance, you know, you can still have people that don't look that like us to try to, you know, want to help us out or be a part of those resource groups and not just assume that just because we look a certain way, oh, you're definitely going to be involved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just those two common things um, between the balances and just knowing, um, knowing how to act intentionally for hope um, regarding, you know, spreading diversity and just getting educated. And then how, like asking yourself the questions like, am I doing enough in my own power to uh, get exposed and educated? Right. Yeah, something you said that really stood out to me um, was that it really just isn't our responsibility as minorities. It's it's everyone's responsibility to progress these diversity efforts um, and really uplift communities. And so that was one of the things that really stood out to me um, about you um, in general is kind of how how many times you've popped up and, you know, in all of our group messaging and, and just MLT as a whole um, – of how important it is for collaboration and support of others within these communities. Um, and I think you were a really great example of the importance of this. So I kind of wanted to, I wanted you to talk about why I think it's really important to be able to support those other people um, in our communities. And, um, you know, some of that support that you've provided, I know that you've, you know, you've appeared in the newsletter for resources you've provided, but I, I can imagine you've also been able to, a, lot, a big help to a lot of other people. Right. Um, so ways to support and importance of supporting. Got it. Yeah, um, it's definitely, um, you know, always, no matter what age, um, you know, position, time you are in your academic or career, um, to support people that look like you uplift um, communities that are, that you grow up in. Um, because we don't have any, you know, real equity or, you know, uh, social capital, like, we don't always have that large network of, oh, my cousin works X, Y, Z, I can yeah. get an interview. You right. know, once, you know, one of us gets in and, you know, we kind of, in a way, can't forget where we came from, um, kind of plays on what I was speaking on earlier of paying it forward and, you know, uh, you know, mentoring and recruiting um, to show that, you know, people that look like us could take on these roles or, um, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur, let me help you out. Um, by actually buying your product um, or service versus just asking for it for free because you're not going to ask um, someone that doesn't look like us um, for the item for free. You're going right. to willingly yeah. give them your money or time for the product or service. So, you know, it's really important because it's, it's, we, we're uh, disproportionate and it's like skewed. Um, we, <laughs> it's almost like we don't have a head, like someone had a head start before us. Um, yeah, exactly. So we're really trying to build something and, you know, our the previous generation has done a um, pretty good job and set the foundation and, you know, they passed us the baton. So now let's, you know, nurture and develop the next generation 
and create something so that we could pass it to them and keep it going. And then ways to support, you know, I kind of learned this recently, all 2020 that, you know, you're not limited to your role or you're not limited to just a college student, you know, you can add value in other ways. Um, you know, just, you know, self-assessing what you could do. Um, you know, we all have a voice, we all have a platform, knowing it or not. Um, and we know, excuse me, we know skills, you know, you know, Excel, you could help create a spreadsheet for a group or, you know, help compile X, Y, and Z. So if you, you see the need or you see um, the problem, and in my case with uh, creating that article to help uh, fellow MLTers learn how to network, I saw that as a common trend, common questions um, in my DM. Um, how did you land X, Y, and Z? Or how did you create this email? Or how did yeah. you start a conference call? You know, so just utilizing what you know, um, you know, familiarizing what you know well and you know being able to share that information in an article or you know just teaching someone um is ways to support if you don't have time sometimes you know making an article or creating something physically for them to just refer back to is even helpful so you know some people support with their physical time and you know sweat and tears and just sit with you and teach you and some people just create uh you know templates or uh learning lessons to you know learn how to do it themselves all right thank you summed it up amazingly yeah um and this is one of those things i wanted to talk about as well is that i think one of the misconceptions um and you i think you touched upon it beautifully is that you know we're really setting an, um, an example and setting that foundation continuing that foundation for the next generation so i think it's a really a misconception for a lot of people that you know we should wait on diversity and inclusion to be progressed on an institutional level while you know we can really be doing it our own part individually um so you know what are those things you think that um people can do on like an individual basis like on an individual level to really progress dni um and you know create change in their own communities or um wherever it is they can yeah great question so a few ways that we could um individually uh Kind of spark change is um holding individuals in power um accountable um and you know not threatening but you know making them aware that you know we're serious we could you know stop supporting financially or you know with our time or not vote you again if it's you know a voting thing and you know uh start those conversations um with you know people in your circle your team um, in your community, in your classroom, um, and holding, you know, people in power uh, accountable and, you know, making them aware of, you know, consequences. And, you know, it's 2020, like, you know, our voices are louder than what we think. We utilize social media. We could, uh, you know, we could really ban people that are in our age group and look like us really fast. Um, with just a post, you know, we could start fund fundraisers, fund um, scholarships to support individuals. We get like we're, you know, we're just an idea and just a spark of, um, you know, teamwork. You know, we could do almost anything. Um, yeah. So we could, I would say those three areas, um, just to save time. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great way. Being able to use that platform, that voice, and holding people accountable is, is a great way, you know, because um, I think the people that are already there, the already the people that are in charge, they're the ones that are going to be able to be able to provide that change on an institutional level the quickest and the most directly. So I think really holding those people accountable. Um, and I think that brings us to the point of the importance of this, this November to really be able to voice that opinion and, and make a difference. You know, I think it's everyone's responsibility to go out and show that. Um, and it's uh, just, you know, in our democratic spirit as Americans as well to, to really drive that change. Um, to touch on that point. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, you know, if this past election taught us anything, it taught mm -hmm. us the importance of, you know, continuously developing ourselves and learning leadership skills before assuming one role. And um, even, <laughs> I, um, I agree. Individually and just even before we vote and I'll put our vote to something that, you know, someone is popular or has, you know, a good work, working resume, you know, was their leadership, you know, experience or you know, yeah, leadership experience and how much, you know, skills do they know? Are they actively uh, investing in themselves to learn um, how to be an intentional leader? Um, you know, how much do they know about the tasks that they're trying to lead? Stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we kind of see in this climate that, you know, there's not too many leaders, you know, stepping up to the plate to take on that role of, you know, presidents or senators, X, Y, and Z. And I'm just worried that, you know, it's not enough people actively trying to learn how to be a leader or the fear of being a leader is like, you know, it's, 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 it's not balanced. Um, you know, not too many people are speaking up to run or they don't have the backing. So that was kind of um, when I was talking about uh, a head start. So something's got to change. Um, yeah. Just to speak on your point. Yeah, of course. I think that the people that, um, maybe we're seeing um, in 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 terms of candidacy, don't really have a lot of our intentions um, in in place when they're really running. They might just kind of say that they they run on this platform, but you know, once they get there, um, you know, we barely see anybody really speaking to those intentions. So again, I think that's where holding these people accountable, and if they said something, really make a change, really do something about it. Um, so this is, um, I'll touch upon on this last thing I wanted to talk about um, for people just listening in that are maybe just kind of starting out their career. You know, they, they're seeing all these obstacles. I think you're a great person like that, that has seen these obstacles, have overcome these obstacles. And it was just one more chip on the shoulder for you to overcome. And it never was really anything that debilitating. Um, what, what do you kind of advise for students that are maybe just freshmen or high school seniors even that are, um, they want to just start beginning to do something to, pursue their career what what is it that they can start doing without anyone in their network that could help them to really start um setting a foundation for their career yeah definitely so i wrote down three things i may speak on more but one of the first step is definitely get involved in your community or uh mm. college um whether that's volunteering volunteering work or uh club uh leaderships or organizations um you know just getting that exposure um you know getting rubbed off with higher uh upperclassmen or mentors some skills from them rubbing off on you um indirectly and directly from just doing those uh extracurricular activities really important and um it really kind of you know develops your you know your hunger it develops you know 
what you think is possible, honestly. Um, so just be observant. Who's really um, an intentional leader and, you know, who in your circle is benefiting your growth and development, who you should kind of like start distancing and spending less time with, you know, mm -hmm. being, you know, taking your time serious, you know, take first, you got to take your own time serious so that other people could kind of take your time serious. You know, you, you know, you have love for everyone, but your time, you know, is really, you know, it's irreplaceable who you spend your time with, what you consume on a daily internally. And, you know, just what you watch and consume, digitally is really important are you reading or are you on twitter for two hours you know, <laughs> you know not to like throw shade at anyone but you know how are you spending your time you know is it really intentionally um done are you you know are you learning something are you trying to grow in some aspects um can you go to sleep or can you reflect back last week and say what did i learn oh what did i gain or could you say oh i just really kind of wasted my time um and then the third is just motivate yourself and have motivating, um, I guess, uh, figures. So in my case, uh, you know, I use my parents' hard work and labor, knowing what they had to do to push me to um, go through education, not go through it, but like to afford education. Um, I use, you know, I, I kind of do this thing where I kind of, uh, one of the important things to me is my children, you know, I use, um, you know, my children, I don't have children, but like the vision. Of I do the same thing. Children. It's so funny you say that. Yeah. I do the yeah, exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, like I want to bring them in a world um, where, you know, they don't have to worry too much or, you know, they can have the things that I didn't have. So, you know, I have to put in the legwork now to be able to do that. And I want to do it while I'm young, you know, so I can retire early or have time to spend with my kids. You know, my parents, you know, they work hard. Um, I really appreciate it, but they don't really have time to spend with me. And then um, I also use, you know, my failures to motivate me. Um, you know, you may be reading my LinkedIn profile and think, this guy's really successful. You got six <laughs> externships, you know? Yeah. But man, I got rejected to two colleges. You know, I got accepted to 11, but I got rejected. I use those rejections to, um, you know, motivate me. I got rejected to SEO, my first attempt, because I went to a community college. I got rejected from, you know, some other companies, um, whether it's because my behavioral question wasn't, on par or you know i didn't have the experience that someone was looking for so you know i definitely saved all those rejections and you know used it as motivation and um just to prove them wrong and prove to myself that they missed out on you know the top yeah. candidate and just to prove to myself that i'm still at that level that i hold myself um i'll say those three um to start doing now uh just to save time <laughs> well i think that that was great. Um, I think that's a really great um, example for other people um, that are just trying to get into it. I think without those kind of experiences, you're kind of lost in how to really start out. But I think using those things, like you said, those things you can draw upon now, you know, the, 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 um, the efforts that people have made for you to get to where you are now and what you're going to do for people in the future, I think is a great motivation. Um, and yeah, I think I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, but I think, I think that's, that's been great. Malcolm, I really do want to thank you for joining us today on this episode. Um, are there any last words that you'd like to leave for anybody watching? Yeah, I mean, if you want to reach out to me, hit me up at my email or LinkedIn. So my email is woodbury.malcolm at gmail. Um, I'm open to any questions or, you know, if you just want to collaborate or network, I'm here. On social media, my at name is at m underscore wood zero. That's Twitter and Instagram, and then LinkedIn, Malcolm Woodbury. So connect with me. Um, I'm down to talk whenever. 
um, if you have any questions. And this was great, man. Great experience. And I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Yes, sir.